You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. You are left on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock of the Dallas Morning News, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about what the owners have proposed, what the players are doing about it, what might happen as a result of that proposal, and all that good stuff. So basically there is an eight-player um, panel of experts, I guess. Um, Max Scherzer is the only one that I know for sure is on it. Um, executive uh, subcommittee, is that what it's called? Um for the players that are basically the ones that are in charge of responding to, reacting to, um, negotiating with the owners and saying what's going on with that. So there's a very well-reasoned article in The Athletic um, by um, by Ken Rosenthal and uh, Evan Drellich, of course. Those guys are just, man, they just keep keep coming with the, uh, with the bangers. Um, anyway, so here's what um, Max Scherzer had to say about the proposal. Um that was floated out there for them um, by the MLB. Um, this is in a tweet and a screenshot of a notes app because, of course, it was because he's a player. Anyway, after discussing the, la- the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB any- in any further compensation reductions. We have, pre- we have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based on the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. So, it's looking like, you know, I I keep talking about when I try and say, speculate on how much revenue is generated for um, gate fees versus um, television deals versus merchandise versus all that good stuff. And there's a lot of, most of the information, if not all of it, is not public because the owners want to keep that to themselves. And it's looking like they're keeping that to themselves when they're discussing stuff with the players, which feels downright dishonest. Because if you're actually giving them 50% of whatever, whatever their percentage is supposed to be, um, then they should have all the information as well. Maybe they do. This statement is kind of uh, ambiguous in saying that. But it's definitely acknowledging like, hey... Maybe there's something more hinky going on here um, that you wouldn't want the public knowing about um, because if they saw how greedy you guys are actually being, then maybe they would agree more with us. So it's looked like they've hit an impasse and the MLB owners um, and just the MLB in general is being more stubborn and they're not giving in to what the players say. And what I don't really get in this, what's not, uh, I don't know, not really clear well, it feels kind of clear, but it doesn't feel like the MLB has a leg to stand on to this, is why after it was reported that the players agreed to a prorated salary and that's their um, was going to be their salary in March. Like, I don't know what happened between now and then besides the owners just realized, hey, maybe we could make them mitigate our losses. Maybe we could make them wear this instead of having to bear the burdens all on our own. And... 
they just decided that that wasn't good enough. And there has been no public statement about why the owners just kind of backed out of that deal that seemed to be agreed upon. And the players are upset about it, noticeably. There was an interview that I was transcribing from John Daniels on, um, I can't remember which radio station, I think it was uh, ESPN's um, Dennis and Kalashaw show, um, where they're asking, like, why they are asking this exact question, like, why was the prorated salaries not good enough? And John Daniels is like, ah, I don't think there'd be any benefit to me asking that, which they're like, it'd, it'd benefit us, but probably not you. So basically, they're, they're, John Daniels even kind of, that's like as good as John Daniels can get of saying like, there's not really a leg to stand on here. I can't discuss it at all. Basically it means there's, there's no reason. I can't talk my way out of it. So we're just going to not talk about it, which feels downright underhanded and it's upsetting. Like there, people want baseball back and the owners know that people are going to more likely side with them. Um, in this discussion where if, even if it is their fault, they're gonna be like, Oh, the players are asking for too much. Oh, you should just be able to play baseball for fun. There was this note that, um, Oh, where was it? I have way too many different tabs open to try and keep track of every single thing. Um, but now oh, where'd we go? Anyway, um, the owner, the Oakland A's owner was saying something about like baseball is more than just a job. It's a way of life. Um, and the upsetting thing about that is it is a job. It is a job in, in a way of life, but like it is downright a job. So you should have to pay your employees and you shouldn't be able to get away with not paying them and telling them, oh, you just got to suck it up and not make any income and also keep yourself in really great shape so that if baseball does come back this season, you can risk report back to our team um, and also don't go sign with anybody else. Like that's just stupid. It's just straight up stupid and it's frustrating and it's the same stupid tactics that they've been using for years and they've worked. So it makes sense why they wouldn't want to um, change those. Um, but anyway, um, I digress. There was something that the AP reported. Um, there was a memo that Scott Boris sent to his client clients and here's what he said. He said, don't bail out baseball owners. The games can't be played without you. Uh, this is an email obtained by the Associated Press. I'm reading from the AP's report um, that players should not alter the terms of the March 26th agreement between MLB and the union that called for players to reduce their salaries to a prorated based on a short shortened season. MLB on Tuesday proposed a series of uh, tiered reductions that would cause top stars to receive the biggest cuts. So in a little bit of a way, it's it's Scott Borth looking out for his top earning clients. Um and saying, like, hey, I don't want to lose money, but also, like, you shouldn't have to wear this, um, which makes sense. Um, Scott Boris um, is definitely a guy that, in my, my younger days, I viewed as more of a villain, but now I'm saying, you know, he might be um, might be more of a good guy than um, than I was, I was anticipating, because I, like you, was, like most fans, um, was more on the side of, of players should just do whatever, like, should just play it for the fun of it, and siding with the owners. Um, gosh, there is, there are so many clients that, um, he represents. I want to say he represents Joey Gallo. I know that he represents, um, that he represents uh, Elvis Andrews. Um, but it's difficult for me to find a just straight up list of all the guys that are, um, that are on his, um, payroll, whatever. Um, he represents, let's see, how many of them? Roughly 175 um, baseball clients um, 
So it, it's a lot. And I know he represents some of the big guys from Max Scherzer and also uh, Bryce Harper. Like, he is just, like, the guy. And I'm pretty sure he also represented um, Adrian Beltre back when he was there um, in the majors. And I'm, I'm sure he still does in retirement, whatever um, deals and stuff would, would come of that. But, um, yeah, it's – Scott Forrest has a point. He said the games can't be played without you. Um he represented 71 players uh, on active rosters and injured lists um, as of August 31st. Um, he is based in Newport. He has negotiated more than $1.2 billion in contracts during the offseason, which is just absurd. Um, salaries were set from a range of uh, the minimum, which is 563500 to um, maximum of $36 million for Mike Trout and Garrett Cole. Um um, Garrett Cole is a Scott Boris climate as well, client as well. Um, under the agreement, um, the range would be cut from uh, roughly 285000 to $18 million for the 82-game se- regular season that the MLB has proposed. Um, basically, their salaries were reduced to about that, um, to about 262000 to uh, $8 million including shares of a bonus all players would receive if the postseason is played. So um, owners are asking for, this is a quote from Scott Boris um, in this story. Owners are asking for more salary cuts to bail them out of the investment decisions they have made. If this was just about baseball, playing games would give the owners enough money to pay the players their full prorated salaries and run the baseball organization. The owners' current problem is a result of the money they borrowed when they purchase their franchises, renovating their stadiums, or develop land around their ballparks. This type of financing is allowed and encouraged by MLB because it has resulted in significant franchise valuation. So, basically he's saying, like, this is not about baseball revenue. This is about other revenue, and the owners are trying to get the the players to bail them out with reducing their salaries for things that are their own fault. So, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about um, Built Bar and um, a word from our other sponsors and just a little bit more about this whole situation in general. Built Bar is the best protein bar tasting, best tasting protein bar I have ever had in my life. It is delicious. It is chocolatey. Um, sometimes it's nutty. Um, there's this one flavor that's uh, chocolate and raspberry. It's just mm. Oh my gosh, it's it's so freaking good. It's You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, which is fantastic. And it's also great for the health-conscious guy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, and high-protein, so they got all that good stuff that you need and don't have any of that bad stuff that you don't. For our listeners, we got an offer just for you guys, just for y'all. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and they'll give you $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. If you're like me and you're up super late often and need someone to come bring you something, anything, food, um, you name it, usually food, um, Postmates is something that you absolutely need. From early morning breakfast to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need it delivered fast, and that's where Postmates is there for you. Um, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's honestly why I love Postmates. Um, they deliver from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. They don't just deliver burgers and sushi. They make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery to. Convenience stores, clothing stores. Honestly, like whatever you need, they have it. Just download Postmates 
for iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked on. That's code locked on for $100 free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. So Scott Boris has a point, um, and he definitely has a point for the owners who are doing this to themselves and building their own stadiums and the ones that actually pay for it themselves as opposed to the ones that get Arlington to bail them out and pay for most of the stadium and the developments around it and all that good stuff. Um, so for the guys who are like the Rangers owners and basically have cities that are subsidizing their stadiums for whatever reason, for the revenue that the cities won't really earn as nearly as much as the owners will, like it's, they have even less of a leg to stand on. So he's really kind of driving that home there. Um, anyway, this is another quote from Scott Boris and what he's saying in this article. Um, owners now want players to take additional pay cuts to help them pay these loans they want a bailout they are not offering players a share of the stadiums ballpark villages or the club itself even though the salary reductions would help the owners pay for these valuable franchise assets these billionaires want the money for free no bank would do that banks demand loans be repaid with interest players should be entitled to the same respect so something that's been floated around in the NBA with what they might do with the salary cap and all that and how players franchise in the future might be, um, might be altered, but it's a little different in, in basketball because they're straight up based on a salary cap, which gives, I think 50% exactly of the revenue um, for each of the teams and players and whatever. And so if the salary cap goes down, AKA the revenue goes down, then player salaries will go. So it's a little bit different, but they talked about, um, Anyway, one of the things that's been floated out there is when the salary cap's going to take a huge drop down, um, instead of making it all drop in one year and one free agent class or um, one year's worth of salaries be affected, um, they talked about spreading out that um, curve and kind of cushioning it and like making things go down each year for a few years and spreading out that bump, which maybe that's something that um, the players could do in baseball. I'm not sure how much that would look like a salary cap and how viable of a solution that might be but um it's definitely an option that they should consider also something else that came out in the news this is from uh, the texas tribune governor greg abbott texas governor announced that fans will be allowed in outdoor pro sporting events um in in most texas counties starting friday which is just oh my gosh it's so much but capacity will be limited to 25 percent now, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the things that have been going on in Dallas and other counties, how all these restaurants and bars and whatever have been only allowed to open to, quote-unquote, 25% of whatever their capacity is. But um, those have not been going nearly as well um, as it looks like they should have been from the start. There have been videos from a couple different Dallas nightclubs, one that was already pretty crazy and was probably going to be like this no matter what the limitations were. But it was, like, overflowing with people. Um, I can't remember the name of the actual bar, but it was a, I'm pretty sure it was an uptown bar um, that was just overflowing to capacity um, in Dallas, basically the first night that um, bars and restaurants were open. And so there's been a lot of people that have been going out. I'm sure you see it on your social media, people just thinking that everything's fine because the government's telling them that, the, that things are fine. And so they're just going out and hanging out with a bunch of people. Social distancing is taking a, 
a drop off. And even though in Dallas County, the last few days, um, at least uh, in the weekend and into um, Tuesday, I believe, um, the number of cases, new cases each day was going down. But that spike is probably going to be right back up. And I mean, as meaningful as this news is um, being reported by the Texas Tribune, it's it's not going to affect baseball or basketball or the NFL or whatever these leagues are deciding to do because those leagues are going to have to approve um, players being in the stands um, as well. So it, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Even if the Rangers are allowed to um, play in their home stadium, which they just might be this season, uh, I just, I'm still so concerned about like what it would look like bringing fans this soon after the first wave of a pandemic that basically shut everything down for two months. And it still might end up being three or four months or whatever. It's still questionable, even at 25% of the capacity. Um, let's go ahead and see what Globe Life Field capacities is. Um, Globe Life Field's capacity. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, 43,000. So 25%, that's still 10,000 people. Excuse me, just 40,000. 40,300 people is Globe Life Field's capacity. That's still 10,000 and, what, 75 people? Yeah, 10,075 people in one building. Even with the roof open and people three seats apart. It's still so many people. It's just too much. Honestly, it's too much and it's too soon. And I don't know why the governor would think this is okay. I don't think... I mean, baseball is obviously not going to be back until, gosh, at least, like, July. So it's not really going to matter um, in, like, the now. And I think they kind of knew that. But, like, on other leagues or whatever might be happening that they have these events in Texas, it still just feels, like, too soon. And it's kind of questionable, to say the least. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of concerns there. Um, and I am just baffled that this is a thing um anyway um a little bit more rangers news um this is coming from tr sullivan who writes for mlb.com about the rangers um he says in this tweet about an hour ago this afternoon um rangers pitching coach julio ron hell says his five starters um kluber lynn minor gibson and lyles are built up to around three innings and 45 to 50 pitches which is really solid and encouraging um all but jordan lyles who lives in colorado are throwing live batting practice in some fashion. So it seems like most of these guys are around. I'm pretty sure Lance Lynn is in, um, gosh, where is he from? I think he's in Tennessee, um, but he is still throwing live batting practice. Um, I'm sure he has a home here or some apartment or whatever. Um, not really sure what these guys do. If they all have all the ones who have like pretty solid salaries have like just a home, full-time base somewhere in the country and then they also buy a home here if they just have an apartment here for the season because they're not even here that much when they are here and that's where their family stays i don't know but looks like these guys are taking care of themselves they are getting ready to go and that's definitely something that i talked about um i think last week about how the rangers have these veteran pitchers so they know what they're doing with their bodies they know like how to take care of themselves and how to get ready so um it's encouraging to see that, and I think that will bode well for the Rangers. Um, it's looking like when the NBA comes back, they're going to have about three weeks to get ready. That's the assumption now, the first draft or whatever. I think the Ranger or the MLB will have um, four weeks, I think. Um, 
maybe they'll just have three as well. I'm not really sure, but um, we're getting really close to June, and July 4th was the start date that's been targeted. I really think that's ambitious because the MLB um, has a long way to go if they're going to get close to something that the players consider acceptable, the players' union get considers acceptable. And another thing to think about, this is kind of scary and, and sad for baseball fans, but um, the MLB Players Association and the MLB's agreement, like their collective bargaining agreement, is up after this year. So, and it was, it was already set to like look like there might be a lockout next season. Like they, there are some real issues that need to be hammered out and looking at how the MLB is handling this pandemic and how just in bad faith, it's seeming like they're handling these negotiations. It's not out of the question that there might be a lockout next season, even if there's the pandemic is mostly handled and that sucks. We might have two years. We have extremely shortened seasons or two years in a row where we worst case scenario, we just don't have baseball. That sucks. That sucks real bad. And there's going to be even more layoffs in teams that have like just straight up no employees at the end of it. Because if you have two years of no baseball, like that's going to do just terrible things to the league, to baseball in general. Like it's going to be really rough. They can't get these things ironed out. And so this is a really important week. Next week's going to be really important as well for how these um, negotiations get going. And if there's concessions made, um, by the owners who seem very unwilling to make any concessions like they were early on in this um, before they realized they could use it to benefit themselves, which is just selfish and stupid. And uh, I hope that your outrage is going towards the right people. Um, maybe there's a little bit of blame to go for the players, and, and but they, they have every right to be concerned. They are the ones who have all the talent. They are the reason this league is so great, not because there's some rich people as opposed to some other rich people who would might come in and own teams. Like, it's because of the players that this league is so good and so fun to watch. And they will be the ones assuming all the risk when they travel and play games and are near other people while the billionaires are locked up in their multi-million dollar homes um, telling us how um, dangerous it is for them to just sit there by themselves. So um, I hope there's a little bit of empathy for the players. I understand the frustration of there not being baseball. I absolutely love baseball just as much as you guys, and I'm devastated that it's going to be very tough to work this out. Um, but I am hopeful the players union reps that they can get this done. They can find an agreement that is, um, that is fair to both sides and, um, that we can get some baseball this year. Cause honestly we need it as much as I love the KBO. Like it's just, it's just t difficult and it's not the same. Um, as fun as it is, it is fun. Um, we get into some some fun stuff that's going on at KBO um, tomorrow, but it's not the same as MLB baseball. It's not the same as the Dews on Bears, as great as they are, are not the same as the Texas Rangers. So hopefully this thing can get ironed out. There can be some compromises made. Um, we can treat each other with dignity and respect, and hopefully it'll all get worked out soon enough. Thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing. Um, by the way, um, I don't think I mentioned this on the last podcast. Um, early this week, I was on uh, Locked On Orioles with my buddy Connor. Um, so go check out that. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, 
the wild card game in 2012, a little bit of a quote unquote rivalry with um, Texas Rangers and Texas Rangers of the AL East. Um, talked a little bit about Renato Nunez and Hanser Alberto and how they've been doing with Baltimore. Um, and a little bit about Chris Davis as well and that trade with Baltimore. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, go check out uh, Locked on Orioles and, and help my buddy, buddy Connor out. Um, got some good stuff talking about there. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with an episode about um, week four, is it, of the KBO? I don't know. Time is a flat circle, and I have lost complete track of it. But thank you guys so much for listening subscribing. Watch your, hand, watch your hands, stay safe, and take care.